Golden Spiral Media presents Chester's Mill Gazette, an Under the Dome podcast. Why is the whole dial so static? I don't know, but our ratings are going to be amazing. Joe, why would the dome only talk to us? Hey, Domeheads, it's time. Doug and Karen are back, and they have all the Under the Dome news that's fit to print. Are you ready? Trust no one except your hosts, Doug and Karen. Welcome and thanks for reading the Chester's Mill Gazette. We're the alternate newspaper in town in the town of Chester's Mill. We're smaller than the Chester's Mill Independent. But we're a bit scrappier. That's right. Who knew that Chester's Mill could support two newspapers, right? That's right. I'm Doug and my co-host. Karen, hello. How you doing? I'm okay. We are going to be here each week and uh, with uh, information about, well, our thoughts about the last episode of Under the Dome, maybe a little bit of spoilers of what's coming up, uh, a few little uh, interesting little segments as we go along in each issue of the uh, Chester's Mill Gazette, and we want you to know a little bit about ourselves. Karen, tell us about what we were doing. Tell them about what we were doing last year, about this time. Sure. Well, we were talking about Under the Dome for TV Talk. In case you listen to TV Talk, you heard about us and our wackiness. Um, they are not covering the summer shows this year, so Golden Spiral Media asked us if we wanted to do it for them, and yes. we're going to do it in a longer form. So we're happy to be here doing that. Yeah, TV Talk was only about a 20-minute plus or minus show, so we can get into things a little more in-depth now. So that'll be good. We can, uh, you know, explore a little more of what was going on. It was fun to do it in that short form because it was like tweeting, I guess. Oh, yeah, okay. Think about it that way. It's true. Yeah, but now we're able to blog about it. Oh, okay, yeah. Read Write a whole a whole newspaper about it. Exactly. See, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. Yeah. Well, uh, I am normally a, uh, a computer programmer by day and a podcaster by night. Uh, and when we did uh, TV talk, that's uh, that was kind of my uh, introduction to big time uh, podcasting about TV shows. Now, you've done a little bit of that yourself, and uh, you're the old... Uh, veteran and i'm going to be leaning on you a bit for that i suppose yeah i'm i'm kind of a freelance podcaster i guess i'm all over the place i've been doing it for i don't know six years or so oh yeah um starting with chuck farscape a bunch of stuff we're just winding up on the farscape thing which is very bittersweet for me a rewatch um, huh yeah a rewatch and uh, we're just about to do all the, like, look back at the whole series thing. Um, and I also do book reviews, and I review a couple of TV shows in written form as well. So she's yeah. the literary one, and I'm going to be the, <laughs> ooh, you know, nifty special effects guy. I am obscurely famous. That is my tagline. Uh, yes, uh, I love that line. That's that's that describes <laughs> uh, describes you very well. Uh, well, with, thank you. Within within the spheres that you are in, you are famous. 
right how, where, regardless of how big those seers those domes happen to be that's right and they are very obscure <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tiny it. it's like a tiny dome in the middle of the dome that's right in 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 the middle of a fish pond in the bigger fish pond <laughs> if if you will <laughs> all right <laughs> well t- tonight was uh CBS's recap of season 1 it included a little bit of the uh background of the plot that has been going on so far it included interviews with the the actors and actresses that were doing this and th- again they were just mostly talking about the uh the show itself but we get a little bit of a uh a hint as to what's going on uh in the f- in the future in season 2 so what we're going to do is we're going to get right to we're going to read some back issues of the Chester's Mill Gazette for season one. And we're going to talk about a little bit of what they talked about tonight, plus our own little thoughts about what happened in uh, in season one. So hang on. All right, Karen, why don't you give us the official IMDb? Uh, synopsis of the of Under the Dome because of course IMDb is the source of all true knowledge of TV shows and movies. <laughs> well, I don't know about that as I contribute every once in a while, and you know I can be a little weird. Well, then you're the source uh, of all true knowledge. Huh? <laughs> that is not true at all. <laughs> um, an invisible and mysterious force field descends upon a small fictional town in the United States, trapping residents inside, cut off from the rest of civilization. The trapped townsfolk must discover the secrets and purpose of the dome, quote unquote, and its origins while coming to learn more than they ever knew about each other. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And those are special effects, too, that we may have occasionally. Yes. I like that. The the story, it's interesting that the science fiction element, you you could consider this a sci-fi show. But the science fiction element itself is really just the dome itself, the mini dome, the egg that we've seen. Uh, but most of the story really doesn't revolve so much around the dome itself, but around the people and uh, the, the characters and how it changes them and how they, uh, they react to... You, you've essentially put a whole ton into a pressure cooker and see what happens to him, you know? And I mm-hmm. think the original... Now, I don't think either you nor I have uh, read the book that this is based on by Stephen King. No, right? I never did get around to finishing it. No, oh, but you got into it a little bit. Yeah, I read about the first three chapters until I learned that we were doing the TV talk thing, and then I stopped reading it. No spoilers. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> we're well past that. Well, I mean, and- no, no spoilers for you reading ahead. Right, exactly. Except for by the time the first episode aired, they'd already changed half the stuff that I read. And this is all with Stephen King's blessing. And in fact, he's writing, I'm getting ahead of myself, I suppose, but he's writing the first episode of season two. So he must be having a great time kind of rewriting his own book. Yeah, I'm guessing he kind of feels like he's taking his own concept and making like a spinoff or an alternate reality version of it. And it's easy, like, a, I guess if you read DC Comics, it's kind of like an Elseworlds mm. version. Um, so, you know, a, a parallel reality um, sort of thing, which is, again, another science fiction thing. But personally, I find this a character study. Um, it's, a, it's a bottle episode series, 
Mm-hmm. Instead of it just being a bottle episode, it's the whole series is in a bottle. And the fascinating thing about those types of shows are that you get the characters and they're focused. You don't have these extraneous things going on. You get all these characters under a microscope. And I find that they said one very fascinating thing at the beginning of this recap. They said, a lot of the time Stephen King writes... Um, something about a small town, but it's like an ideal small town, but an ideal small town with a worm in the apple. And I thought, well, that is brilliant. That is exactly what he does is he writes the worm in the apple. And it's, you know, what is the worm going to touch next? Is the worm going to be the thing to ruin the next part? Or is the part that the worm made rotten going to ruin the next part of the apple? I mean, it's really quite a, a fitting analogy for how he writes his books. And that was a uh, that was one of the showrunners saying that, wasn't it? Yes, uh, I it don't was. remember exactly who that was. The original uh, showrunner Brian K. Vaughn, uh, who was ready and he did the whole first uh, whole first season, uh, he has gone off to do other things and so there's some uh, a, a new uh, a new pair that are doing it. But What's going to keep the continuity, you know, something something like that happens, a show can go just to to pot if if you don't watch out if you don't do if you don't handle it properly but uh i read that he had gone over the show notes for the second season with the new uh, showrunners to make sure that there was that continuity and the so he, here are the main plot points and these guys are now going to fill in you know the details i'm glad that it fell under the fact that he decided you know well i'm going to leave but it's with everyone's blessing, and I'm still, I'm not going to leave them hanging. No hard Let's feelings. work as a team, and let's hand this off like like a relay race. Let's not make this a, a dead stop, and then you pick it up. And I was really happy about that. Yeah, that was good. That was good. So uh, let's look at some of the, um, you put down, and we took a few notes here, and uh, Karen has laid out a few of the, Plot lines that the, the, there's multiple plot lines going on and there's multiple characters involved in multiple plot lines. It can get a little, <laughs> uh, uh, crisscrossed and all that. A little soap opery, but in a sci fi yes. way. Oh, yeah. That was well, he. Now, yeah. See, this is really a soap opera with a dome, you know? Um, well, in a good way, though. I don't well, like yes, regular yes. soap operas, but yeah. So, a, a continuing drama, as they used to call it in the there you days. Go. Yes. Uh, we've got the, the group, Big Jim, we had the Reverend Coggins, we had Duke, the uh, sheriff, they, uh, they and Maxine, which who showed up later in the first season, uh, were dealing with uh, her drugs. And I, uh, I don't recall exactly the name of it, but the propane was used for, uh, for creating it. And uh, that, that was, that was a, a, it looked like it kind of played itself out during the first season. It doesn't look like that's going to be much of a, well, <laughs> since, since, uh, uh, Maxine's dead at this point, but. Right. And there, there's not really much of a trade thing happening. Um, she was simply going to turn it into, Hey, let's work on what we can do now that we're self-contained. And that was going to run out at some point anyway. She had that underground, uh, uh, trade, uh, trading post or whatever. And, uh, gambling, gambling ring, whatever. Yes, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we find out that Barbie also knew her and was her enforcer. So that was a little bit of a tie-in as well. So that was interesting. And, of course, you know, Big Jim couldn't have threats 
while they were stuck there under the dome, couldn't have people knowing that he had his his fingers in some dirty dealings. And he and has uh, shown himself to not be too afraid of killing people. I mean, he's, oh, got, no. he's got quite a body count behind him. And so taking out anybody who is going to uh, threaten his... Uh, his ruler, his, his, you know, his kingship here uh, that he's trying to kind of put together. Um, that the, you just don't, you don't cross big. That was something we said last year on TV talk. You just do not cross big Jimmy. You don't no. even, don't even talk, you know, uh, don't even get in his face. Uh, Dodie learned that. Oh, yeah. It, it's a good thing that, I mean, I hate to say it like this because I liked Duke, but it's a good thing that Duke died the way he did. Oh, it could or have been else, worse. Yeah, Big Jim would have taken him out. Um, and and the the idea that, you know, we see Barbie at the beginning, he appears to be a bad guy. He's burying somebody. You don't really know why. You learn that he's really uh, got a good heart. And then when Maxine shows up, we realize, well, this is something he was kind of, uh, I guess, not forced into, but he was kind of, uh, he needed the money or some sort of uh, situation. Oh, no, gambling debts. He had gambling debts, didn't he? Yep. And he was so, kind of blackmailed into it. Yeah, and then of. so he was out there enforcing other people with gambling debts. And so we've seen the uh, the flawed hero here. He really does still seem to be the good guy, even though uh, the rest of the town doesn't seem to realize that. Yeah, and then he was kind of, it was kind of a Sophie's Choice type thing that he ended up killing Julia's husband, as we learned from the recap. I mean, I watched, I know you didn't have time to rewatch the whole season, but um, at the end of last week, I watched the whole season, and then I watched the re- recap again tonight. So the whole thing played out again for me, where they were, Barbie and her her husband were together in that cabin, and he pulled a gun on Barbie when Barbie was trying to get him to pay. And Barbie didn't have any choice. It was kill or be killed, like she said in the in the recap tonight. And what we learned is that he did it on purpose in order to save Julia from all his debts. It was kind of a, a suicide by hitman. Exactly. And that the thing at the beginning with uh, when uh, Julia has Barbie staying at her house and the relationship that develops here. Now, the thing is that generally speaking, each episode was one day. Right. So we'd gone through in, in 13 episodes about 14 days. Or so, and it seemed like their their uh, relationship progressed rather quickly for somebody who thought her 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 husband still was alive. It wasn't really Correct. until the near the end that she realizes that uh, that Barbie comes clean. Well, comes clean mostly, but she realizes that he had the life insurance and all that. Right. Although she did learn early on, at the very least, her husband was cheating on her. Yes. So I think some of it might have been vind- vindictiveness towards him ah, trying to get been. back at him maybe i see yeah, just a thought um not that it's right but you know it could have just been a kind of well he did it so whatever i'm attracted to this you guy, can see so. you can see the motivation there right again i say it's not great but agreed there yeah yeah hmm. <laughs> i i i'm i can't judge her <laughs> i mean <laughs> i'm not under a dome so I haven't ever been in that situation. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard to, you know, imagine that. Exactly. So, yeah, I, again, I'm I'm hand-waving a bit. It was incredibly fast for their relationship to develop. But 
who knows when you're stuck in a situation like that how fast something would go. And that that's that's a little bit of my uh my thought about the 13 episode season. It's it's too short to really get a lot of good um uh, character development, but we'll get to one good example in just a second here. I want to talk about uh the four hands, Joe and Nori and Angie and Junior when they came together and realized that those four were some sort of key to what's going on with the dome. It needed all four of them to open the mini dome. It needed all four of them to go and see that vision of Big Jim. And uh, it's it, it th- th- these four. Now, one thing we noticed last year was that these are all teenagers or maybe, I don't know, juniors in his uh, early 20s. He was going to be going to college. So and so is Angie. And so is Angie, yeah. So they could yeah. be 19, you know, st- but still uh, uh, the youngest members of the cast, generally speaking, the, the, the main cast. And they seem to be the uh, the keys to all of this. So is that is that significant? Is their age significant? Is their, uh, you know, they had some, well, I was going to say friendships, but, but Nori's completely new. You know, she just happened to be uh, driving through with her moms when uh, the thing came down. So it's. That's something that needs to be explored, I think, in season two is if it's these four, why is it these four? We had a little hint as to why Junior was involved because his mom seemed to have foreseen and painted pictures of pink stars with Junior and pink stars and the egg and all that. So it's uh, that's a very intriguing uh, angle. I I really hope they uh, get into more this season. Now, I don't know if you remember. Probably not. I I just barely (laughs) do because of what we're talking about. But one of the things we did discuss last season was the theme of life mm-hmm. with the egg, with mm-hmm. the chrysalis, with the water, life, rebirth, death, that sort of thing. As one of Nori's mothers dies, a baby is being born, the egg itself, um, the egg being thrown into water to protect it, uh, the Monarch butter, butterfly being um, born out of the chrysalis, and perhaps the youngest people of at least the cast are the ones that are the key to the dome. And that was one of the things we speculated on: is you know, is the dome trying to build a newer town? Starting I, with the young people, right? Now, Julie is not old by any stretch of the imagination. Big Jim is older. Mm-hmm. And it's hinting that it needs Big Jim to go. Now, he has been a councilman forever running unopposed. With, Does but that with, mean- but with other, with other councilmen from other parts. But at this point now, he's the only councilman, uh, inside the dome who's alive, right. at least. Right. So does that mean it? And all the people that have gone so far that we've seen on purpose <laughs> hmm. that the dome has kind of wanted to go. Have been older, like Ollie, Duke, you know, Rev, Rev. They've Dodie. all mm-hmm. been older. No, see, Dodie, I count as one of Big Jim's casualties. Oh, okay. Oh, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Okay. Oh, so, well, would would um, and I forget which uh which mother's name, Alice or Carolyn, which had, Alice, who had the see. Yeah, she had the. I uh, think Alice was a dome casualty. Yeah. And I hate to say that, but she was older. And then the baby was born. That was, so, and that was the, yeah, the, uh, the transition there. Right. So, I, and what I'm thinking, if they're going by symbolism is, are they trying to rebirth the town 
and and maybe make the town that was falling into corruption into this new town. So just a thought that we we were kind of speculating on at the end of last season, and then it just never really happened, you know, because it ended with her throwing the egg into the water, and that was kind of the end of all that sort of theme. Yeah, so, on, on the in the final episode there, yeah, right. So maybe we'll see a bit more of that if if that's where they're headed with it. Something to keep an eye out for uh, during the second season, yes. Mm-hmm. We had um, a very interesting uh, friendship that started started out as a very good friendship and later moved into fatal attraction between Junior and Angie. <laughs> Quickly moved into yes. fatal attraction. Um, you know, Junior, and, and there are, you can see a little bit of... I mean, he knew about his mom's paintings. So he he sees this dome, he hears the pink stars are falling in lines thing, he sees the pink stars being the fourth hand. So, you know, he does he have some sort of uh, uh, knowledge about this himself uh, that he hasn't really uh, told anybody? Is, is his idea that the dome is is affecting Angie so that she doesn't want to be with him and all that. Is that true? Or is that still just his own, uh, uh, his own selfishness? You know, he wants her for himself. And uh, it, it, it seems like, and we talked about this, we talked about this before where he seems to have a psychotic streak in him that nobody in the town so far noticed prior to this but all of a sudden they all you know angie sees it at one point linda sees it um at one point big jim sees it you know it's like mm-hmm. was, was did this did this happen overnight and if it did it's maybe that's the dome could be yeah yeah we talked about that or you know did his mom see it did you know did his dad see it and just ignore it you know we talked about a lot of that and I don't know that we're ever going to get answers about that. Um, and his just, mom died in, in a uh, in a, a car accident, though we got a um, a little bit from Jim that it wasn't so much an accident that she just wasn't right. But you know, was that arranged? You know, that sort of thing. We that, sure. that never really get answered. That's very murky. And if I remember correctly, it's either Joe and Angie's mother or. Junior's mother that is in the plane crash. They're taking um, oh, yes. flying lessons. I and know. They're in the plane no, that, I'm pretty sure that's Joe and Angie's because Junior's mother was in an accident, a car, a car accident. Uh, okay. Before the dome, a, a bit before the dome. I don't know. I don't okay. think, I don't remember exactly what the, the time frame was. And that's kind of a big deal in the book. I mean, it's not in this at all. But I was a little taken aback that that plane accident that plane crash didn't have more to do with anything um yeah because i thought it was interesting that joe was being saved by barbie and i thought isn't that his mother in the plane because they find out that she was taking lessons once they get back to the house and then they realize it was her that was in the plane crash in the book Um, yeah, I think it was her. I can't I'm, I'm, remember which. I'm mom. trying to think now that maybe it wasn't because I th- I believe that the the there was it was a woman up there flying. It was some lady's name, but she was like a very rich resident of the town or something like that. Uh, I'm kind of thinking something about that, but uh, yeah, that I don't remember exactly. And I think but we've was... heard that Joe and Angie's parents, not just father, but parents are are outside. Right. I anyway, I don't remember exactly whose 
mother it is, but it's one of the children's mother, and they find out. But anyway, I don't know why I got off on that rant. Um, you guys will realize that I just start talking, and I, <laughs> I don't stop. So I just let her go. <laughs> Doug knows how to deal with it already. <laughs> I want uh, to talk about Nori. And, oh, uh, and yeah. her mother's. It was a uh, it was very interesting casting. It was was it that way in the book? Was it a uh, a girl with with two mothers in the yes. in the book? Okay, and it, it kind of you know so. pushing the envelope a little bit. Not just two mothers, but a a white woman and an African American woman. Mm-hmm. Um, but the journey that Nori took from the beginning, I think, as far as there have been some character development uh, uh, moments between. Barbie and Julia, a little bit, mostly bit in, in the relationship with, between them, but not so much a changing of them. But Nori has gone through quite a roller coaster. She starts out, originally they're stopping for gas in Chester's Mill. They're on their way to kind of a boot camp, you know, because she's a, you know, a troubled kid. She's not behaving, this sort of thing. And between getting, you know, thrown together with uh, Joe and the, all the uh, Chester's Mill uh, gang there, and um, I say gang in the nicest sense. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we have um, we have her mother die. One of her mothers die. Alice dies. Alice, yep. She sees her again later on. I mean, I mean, I mean, going. She went through. I, I thought that her grieving was more. It it lasted a couple three episodes. And so it wasn't just, you know, you come back the next week and she's all fine and everything's great. And, oh, yeah. you know, it really did affect her character. She started out as the bad girl, but that attitude kind of uh, mellowed out as she had to deal with all, uh, all, all the, the, the mystery and the loss in her life. And I thought that above everybody else ha- is the, is the best character development we've seen so far in, uh, in this episode or in this uh, series. I agree. Um, I also wanted to point out that I think that when it comes to Joe and Angie, they appear to be mature on the outside, but I think they're the most naive on the inside because Angie says stuff that sets Junior off. And she should know that's not a good thing to do. Right. She doesn't think it through. Like she says, I'll never be your girlfriend. And that makes him run off and not help with the dome, with the mini dome. Yeah. And Joe says all kinds of things and lets secrets out to Barbie, to <laughs> Julia. Um, but he seems like, you know, oh, well, I'm going to map the dome. And, you know, he does all this stuff. He's very mature. But, but you know, he, he can't keep a secret to save his life. Well, and the other thing, too, is is I don't, well, with the video that they shot, Nori and Joe, of, uh, of them doing the, uh, you know, having the seizure. And he sits up in the middle of that going, shh. Um, I think he tried to take that seriously, but you got to wonder, do we really not want to tell anybody, you know, do two people only know oh, yeah. what's going on here? I mean, it, there's, there's a little bit of that naivete that, oh, the dome is going, is telling us what to do, so we'll do it. Right. And no, I think he should have. No. I'm just saying if they made that pact not to. Yes. And then he just blurts it out. That's, you know, that's different <laughs> from agreeing they're going to go tell someone. <laughs> Absolutely. Not. Um, and then I think um, Nori and Junior seem to be like the most childish on the outside. And they, even if Junior is kind of a psychopath, he understands what the world is about as well as Nori. You mm-hmm. know, Nori is 
she's the big city girl. Right. She understands the world. And I think they acted out more on the outside, but they understood the world more on the inside. Um, and I, I thought that was a very good contrast. I mean, whenever Angie would say something to Junior, he reacted the way a psychopathic Junior would act. <laughs> you would expect it to, yeah. Exactly. And whenever something would happen to Nori, she acted the way a mature 17-ish year old would act. Um, and I found that to be very realistic. And Joe and Angie acted like impulsive. Uh, you know, a little more immature for their age. I don't know. Angie did a lot of stuff that I found, you know, when I rewatched, I thought, wow, she really does some stuff that is not smart. Hmm. You know, she, uh, she talks to Big Jim about some things that she shouldn't be talking about. She goes and smokes with Barbie in front of Junior. Oh, near the hospital, too. (laughs) Exactly. But in front of Junior, yes. Well, was he spying on them at the time? Or was it... Well, it was in... Did she know that she was in front of him? It was in full view of everyone, essentially. And she knew that Junior wouldn't have liked it. It, It's a small town. That's true. Um, A lot of... Word gets around. Right. And they had already had that chat about, you know, he didn't want her to see anyone else and he was already kind of a stocky sort of person and she set him off and and she ended up setting him off several times over that two weeks and they were stuck under a dome yeah it's not like you can just run off to the next town and you know get away from it all right don't set him off and and like i said joe you know had already said well maybe we should keep this a secret and then the next thing you know he's blurting it out to someone he's the one doing it yes yeah so I just found that dichotomy kind of interesting when I rewatched it. That, you know, the two people that seemed the most immature actually were acting in character, and the two that seemed the most mature were not. So, well, that's, uh, that's some good writing. They, yeah, uh, it is. To keep them, uh, to keep them consistent like that and, and, and make believable uh, reactions to things, that, uh, that is a, a good thing. That's a good, it is. That's good writing. It is. And uh, to make them act out of character, I think, was smart. Because hmm. it, it also made the story move. That, no, that's <laughs> true, if, too. Even if it made us go, oh, come on, Angie. <laughs> well, and, and that's something we had discussed separately, uh, you know, outside of podcasting, was that the, there are a number of tropes used in uh, Under the Dome. Partly, I think, because of the 13-episode season, you have to create uh, characters for whom you can't really get into their complete backstory, but certain tropes, certain uh, common elements in a character's uh, uh, personality and background can be assumed if you use one of these common characteristics, these uh, these archetypes, that sort of thing, where you don't have to... Now, now, you don't have to fill in the backstory because you can assume it. And so you get a little bit of that because you don't get a chance to go in and really explain. Now, Barbie, we did get a, a lot more explanation of his uh, his backstory, and I liked that uh, because that really does give us more of a uh, view into his uh, into his uh, motivations and that sort of thing. Big Jim, to a lesser extent, but he he ca- he kind of comes out. I talk about tropes. What's the guy? He's a politician. He's a used car salesman. Exactly. So you can already make assumptions, and they they work with those assumptions. They say, well, you know, he's not trustworthy. He's uh, he's uh, he's he's he wants all the power for himself, that sort of thing. So 
that all that backstory is assumed because you don't have to uh, you don't have time to go through and figure that all out. Right. They're essentially hitting you over the head with his personality. <laughs> and and they did the opposite thing with Barbie where the first thing they show you is this guy's a bad guy and it's absolutely not true. And when it comes to Big Jim, they show you, "Hey, you know, he's he's this guy that's giving the the chick a tip at the at the diner and mm-hmm. And he's kind of glad-handing people, and people seem to like him. But then you you realize, well, okay, he's a politician, and he's the used car salesman. I can't trust this guy. And then you realize that is not just true, but true in spades. Mm-hmm. And um, so we get the flip-flop there from the from the good to the bad and the bad to the good. Exactly. But his goes much faster. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, in, in, in one scene with uh, Rosie. Exactly. Poor Rose. <laughs> oh, we missed her. I know. Uh, Phil and Dodie are a uh, an example of people who we don't have a whole lot of backstory about. We do get an idea about what they're... Uh, they, they got the smarts to use the tools at their disposal to try to see if they can communicate outside the dome because the dome is keeping radio signals in and out. And as we find out uh, early on, we hear the... Uh, the military seems to have some idea about what's going on, and they know about the egg, for ex- for instance. And so the question is, how much do th- how much does the outside world really know about the dome? I would really love to find out about that, but I'm, but I'm afraid that that's the that's the point. We're not going to find out. This is about under the dome, not outside the mm-hmm. dome. I wouldn't mind seeing a couple scenes outside the dome. I would myself, love it, but I'm guessing we're only going to see under the dome. And then there's the thing that uh, Dodie kind of uh, rigs up where she's trying to follow this signal and she winds up uh, following it to Joe and Nori. Yeah. And 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 Joe spilled the beans, you know, at that point. Too. Yeah. Hey, blurt. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, something ends up happening and um, her machine malfunctions and then they do something and then it turns back on again. I mean, is it that they touch the dome or something? Oh, I don't recall. Yeah, it's something that they flip the switch and her device starts working again. So they realize that Joe and Nori are part of the energy. It's kind of flowing through them or something, flowing out of them. Yeah. Right. But that's, that's actually a small part. It's just that that's part of the thing that leads Dodie to investigate more. And it's what gets her in trouble. And it was good because it, it, uh, it gave us a little more about what's going on outside, a little bit more about the the nature of what uh, Joe and Nori are to the dome, and maybe all four of them are. Uh, but at least that time, it was uh, the, the the signal was leading to them. So there is, you know, again, something. Hopefully, season two gives us a little more about what it is about them that is uh, uh, that this dome finds so interesting. Hmm. Uh, Rosie and, I'm sorry, yeah, Rose in the diner. Rose had to, uh, protect Angie from, was it Junior or Big Jim? Uh, it was another set of boys. She and Angie were working in the diner, but the diner was closed. And then the two boys broke in, um, and they were gonna steal food. Yes, yes, yes. And Rose. There was the, the riots and all that. Yep. And Rose and, and Angie were trying to protect the diner. And the boys decided that 
they weren't going to let two women get in their way. And they killed Rose, and they were going to do some very nefarious things to Angie. Uh, Junior? Was it Junior or Barbie that saved her? Angie? I would have to go back and rewatch it. I think it's Junior. And that may have been one of those things that was bringing Angie back to him. She's, yeah, a little she's bit. got a tough, you know, she really wants to push him away, but there have been at least a couple of times where he's uh, saved her life. Yeah. And it also pushed him over the edge and made him kill those two boys. And Yes, yes. And we see a little more of his psychosis. Yeah, but I think we came to the conclusion that in that case, it was really hard to find a huge amount of fault with that. That's true, that's true. Those were boys that killed Rose, and they were going to kill Angie and do horrible things to her as well. So, And you're under a dome. What are you going to do with them? Let's go back to that. You're under a dome, for crying out loud. Yeah. I mean, you could put them in jail, but there's always the chance that they're going to get loose, and you you can't really send them far away. You pretty much have to do vigilante justice in that case. And, you know, they killed someone. So you have to make a judgment call. And they weren't going to give in. Those were those two boys, when Junior and Barbie confronted them, um, I can't remember their last name, but they went by, like, the Brody they were, brothers. That's right, they were brothers, yeah. Yeah. Um, when, the, when Barbie and, and Junior confronted them, they were going to try and kill Junior and Barbie. Barbie got the upper hand on them and they they still kind of were getting away and that's when junior shot them and barbie said something to the effect of well we could have gotten them back and junior was like no i wasn't going to let that happen we we had to kill them and no one really was upset by it except for maybe barbie maybe under different circumstances without the dome that would have been a little much but uh sure but in this case, they killed someone. They were going to kill Angie. And, you know, as I hinted at, they were going to do, you know, horrible, horrible things to her before they killed her. Yeah. So I honestly I have to shrug my shoulders and, and just say, uh, they, they weren't exactly pillars of the community. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of pillars of the community, uh, Maxine and her mother, they, they seem to have their own. Um, little, uh, weirdness going on there. And, nice uh, segue. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Jim goes to visit Maxine's mother. And that, that, that did not turn out very well. That there's a, um, there was a whole, uh, 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 lake underneath the dome. This is a pretty big dome. Yeah. And was her, house on an island or was it on just yes. like the edge okay it was on an island in the middle of that well, lake it was kind of an outlying island and i guess kind of half the island was still under the dome no oh, okay already yeah so at least part of the island was still under the now dome. remind me of i'm I was hoping you remember more about uh, having rewatched the whole season but remind me of why he was going out there to see her in the first place well he was going out there because that's where he tracked Maxine to. That's where Maxine had been staying. Oh, okay. And that's why we didn't see her until later in the uh, season. Right. And then he found this woman out there, and the woman said that she was tending to the estate of this person, a man. 
And that was, of course, a blatant lie. And Big Jim knew it was a lie because he knew that Maxine had been staying there. And then he finds out that it's Maxine's mother. And <laughs> I was going to say hilarity ensues. It wasn't <laughs> quite hilarity. <laughs> it, well, it was, kind of, yeah, it was kind of a weird end to her. It wasn't a... Yeah, it, it was... It wasn't a deliberate end. He was just trying to get her into town. Um, he had her bound and in a motorboat and was taking her across the lake, and she ended up going overboard, tied. He took one, and, uh, one turn a little too tight, I think. Right. And that was the end of her. <laughs> so. That was yeah. odd. Yeah. Uh, and I again, she was older, and I think that was a dome death. Do you think it was a dome death or a, 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 a big gym death? He didn't mean to do it. Hmm. I think it was a dome death. I think it was forces beyond his control. I don't think he meant to kill her. I think he wanted to use her as leverage. Ah, and now he doesn't have that option. But he wasn't. Right. But he wasn't willing to go back and get her. No. Well, he's not going to jump in to save her. <laughs> Why would he do that? He, you know, she's gone. There goes his leverage. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's best that way, right? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, she washed up on shore, so. That's true. His uh, his uh, sins came back to bite him. Yep. Well, <laughs> not really. Oh. Maxine found out about it, and then he ended up oh, killing then Maxine. Oh, he kills Maxine, so it doesn't really, uh, yeah. He's, no, he's really covering a lot of tracks with a lot yeah, of dead did, bodies. Didn't bite him at all. <laughs> it's yeah, so. and it, you know the the irony, of course, here is that he's being he's the one uh, uh, putting this all on Barbie when he's the one that actually killed everybody so far. Right. Well, he did not shoot Julia. Maxine did. True. But True. and he, and he didn't uh, kill uh, Peter Shumway. Correct, but he knew about all that, and that being Maxine's fault, and him killing Maxine, he can also pin that on Barbie. So it it works out for him fine. <laughs> He's That's okay true. with that. So yeah, there are some characters that we haven't seen in a while, and uh, one of them was um, you, there was a it was a guy that you really liked. Not so much as, uh, you know, like Barbie, to, as, as per se, but uh, there was a fellow there that we haven't seen in a while that you really enjoyed. Yeah, Ben. I liked Ben. Um, his little surfing, skateboarding buddy, Joe's little buddy. He had a and few little good. He had a few little lines that were were classic. Yeah, and I thought he was a good pal. Um, he they had a party at Joe's house since his parents were out, and. Ben sort of encouraged the debauchery, but then when it came time to kick people out because Joe was uncomfortable, Ben was right there beside him. And Ben was also a helper when he went to map the dome on the outside and, you know, to see how big the dome was. He was right there with him. He, he was his pal. Didn't he draw the door? Yeah, he did. <laughs> um, and they did the thing where they were, you know, throwing the balls up against the door and everything. And yeah. they were really good pals, I thought. And then he just ended dumping them for a girl. So <laughs> I, I would really like to see Ben again, maybe, you know, as part of the part of the story. It would be Let's nice. Yeah. There. I wonder. I, the, the actor, I mean, it was a very small, there was a very small part for him. And I'm wondering what... Uh, you know, he may have other things he's doing now. 
but yeah, it was nice to have him. Um, it was nice to have him there, just as almost comic relief. Yeah, it, I mean, it was a small part, but it was significant. I mean, yeah. I remember him. I'm I'm sure most people remember him. Well, uh, we have a, a a segment. We've been talking about Dale Barbara a lot. And we're going to have a oh, segment. Yes. <laughs> you wouldn't He's have my man any, candy. You wouldn't have it any other way. No. And so we are going to have a special uh, segment each week uh, to highlight something that Barbie has done or uh, a situation he was in. And uh, this is what we're going to call it. And now, the Barbie of the Week. This week's Barbie is Death Sentence Barbie with Private Cell and Getaway Ambulance. Gallows and Rope sold separately. This has been the Barbie of the Week. <laughs> and now we're going to move right along here. We uh, we need to pay, turn a few pages here in our uh, in our paper to get to the section. Doug, what? Why are you always hogging the paper? <laughs> How hey. come you always keep it over there? I'll, I'll get. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll give you the uh, the forecast, the weather forecast section. <sighs> Because that's what's coming up. These are the spoilers. Not so much spoilers, but the look ahead. A lot of what we have uh, heard about uh, the se- in Season 2 are things that have been on the um, promos for the season. They have been in uh, web- websites where they uh, talk about, you know, some, some general things that are, they have been released, uh, you know, not on rumor magazines or that sort of thing. They've been officially released by uh, the network and by the show. So we're going to get into a little bit of that right now. This is the spoiler section, the forecast for next season. All right, we have, uh, I was looking at, well, first of all, we all know, or we should know, if you don't know, I'm going to tell you that Stephen King, uh, we talked about this before, who wrote the book, he's writing, he wrote the first episode of season two. So he's getting his hand back into uh, writing. In this case, it's going to be uh, for TV rather than for the book. I think he's done a little bit of TV before. I know a, a number of his uh, books have been uh, adapted for TV. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's actually written any of the uh, episodes, but he's going to be actually, you know, he had his hand in that. I don't know, maybe he'd be, be directing it as well. I'll have to take a look and see uh, about the credits next week. Um, but we do know that Stephen King did it. And in true Stephen King style, it was, it was uh, revealed that Two main characters, two of our standard ensemble, are going to be uh, dying in the first episode. But I would note that just because they're dead doesn't mean we're not going to see them again. I know. We did see Alice once after she died. We did see Alice, yes. But she was dead. She really most uh, sincerely dead, yes. (laughs) And you know what? I kind of resent that you're giving me the forecast and the comics. (laughs) Why don't I ever get like the, I don't know, the well, main section? We'll give you the lifestyle section in in, in a bit. Oh. Yes. No. Oh, <laughs> man. Um, I was looking through, and there was one uh, uh article on a uh, website called CarterMatt.com, and he had some spoilers, and not really spoilers, but uh, just kind of directions that uh, he got from uh, CBS. Uh, the, number one is that there are going to be some si- significant deaths that will be taking place in the early going, and like I said, two at least in the first uh, episode. Uh, number two, some of the ideas for early in the season will blow fans away, and they came courtesy of King himself, so he may be writing the first episode, but 
he has he still has a, a creative input for for the show in general. So that can uh, that can only be a bad thing for some of our characters. Yeah, and I've seen interviews with Stephen King from this, mm-hmm. and it's almost he's almost cackling with glee. <laughs> he's having fun with it. Yeah. He's he's very happy that he gets to kill off some of these characters. I, I kind of dig that, actually. Well, uh, it's making room for some new characters because, you know, if it gets if the ensemble gets too big, it can be a um, it can be really unwieldy and, and difficult to follow. Uh, if you ever watched Once Upon a Time, the first season had a jillion characters, you know, that <laughs> you had to keep track of. And later on, they kind of whittled them down. You just don't see some of them anymore. So they're going to add a few characters, though. Uh, one of them is Junior's uncle. So I guess mm-hmm. Big Jim's brother, one of the new characters that'll be showing up, and like many other characters, he's going to bring trouble with him. Of course. We're under a Why dome, would he after not? All. Yes. Yeah, a couple new ones. And then uh, apparently, maybe a love, another love interest for Joe? That's that what we I need. Think? That's what we need is a love triangle under the dome. Mm, a teenage, angsty love triangle. <laughs> I don't want this to be Twilight under the dome. Let's not do that, right? No, 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 no. But maybe we'll get, we'll get, this will be more of a character development for Nori because now she may go back to her, uh, you know, bad girl, uh, persona, uh, Could be. dealing with, uh, dealing with that. Could be. Could be. And then this fella says, in the end, the most interesting choice of words here is with the two talking about how the dome may actually be trying to protect. And we've heard that, uh, I believe in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, protect the people of Chester's Mill, even though it may not seem to be anything even remotely like that now. Uh, the element of surprise is part of the beauty of the show. I'm hoping that this surprise is not really early, but at least earlier. We had a lot of reveals in the last two episodes of uh, the yeah. 13, and we had a little bit here, a little bit there. I'm hoping they kind of space those kinds out. Uh, space those surprises out a little more uh, through the season. Did you get that yeah. same vibe? I'm hoping instead of just shock value up front and then wait till the very end to reveal a bunch of stuff, I'd like it to come throughout, even-handed, I guess. Yeah. Um, and more reveals instead of more questions than answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would be good. We've had a lot of questions, and and I can I can go with the the idea that the first season you really need to. Uh, set up the players. You gotta set the chess pieces up on the board. And then, you know, create the mystery, create the questions, and then start to answer them little by little. Maybe add some more questions, that's fine. But, um, one of the issues is, uh, some people kind of compare that to Lost. Lost? I, I, I really did like Lost. However, um, yes, a lot of the answers didn't come till the second half of season six, you know? Yeah, and exactly. A few and here, still we didn't get all the answers. Yes, we have. Never mind What's that. What's the smoke yes. monster? <laughs> Don't really know for sure. No, and it doesn't bother me anymore. It really doesn't. I loved that show from beginning to end. But let's not do that so much with Under the Dome. I want to find out everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll that'll be nice. So, um, so there's a lot of things that uh, people are looking for, and uh, we'd like you to let us know what you're looking for. What do you think? Uh, is going to happen? What would you like to happen? Uh, if you could write uh, some of these uh, episodes and, and, and you know, shove Steve, Stephen King off to the side and you write it, <laughs> tell us what you'd like to, like it to, to, to look like, to sound like. What do you think it's going to be? 
Um, so, Doug, what's yeah. your number one thing? If you had one thing you could ask for for the whole season, what would your number one thing be? Uh, my whole thing would be to please don't be just aliens. I mean, that's the easy yeah. answer. Yeah, um, let's if, not do that. And if it is aliens, a, a really different take on it, uh, something that's uh, that that re- element of surprise. You want that? I want you know something that you know aliens are you know, trying to protect man from himself. We've done that. Talk about tropes. We've done that a million oh, times. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather it be more earthly, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a conspiracy of some sort would be fine. The the the, the military knows. Something about what's going on that we, we've mm-hmm. heard through the uh, through the radio transmission. So, um, whether they are the architects of it or whether they just know what's going on, uh, that's yeah. It could be that I, I've been thinking maybe about you know ancient humans or something like that. Mm. that you know that that would been, be awesome. Who knows? So, if I wanted to be superficial, I would say I want Barbie to live through the whole season because. All right. he's- He's my man candy. Um, no, I like him also as a character, but I, I don't mind looking at him in every episode either. It would just seem right to, to, to let him be the, he was kind of the first guy we saw. Right. And be the last guy, uh, the last guy to, standing. uh, stand, yeah, last man standing. Sure. If, if there's, if there has to, if it has to be that way. Well, he's got to be our big damn hero, right? I mean, isn't that the thing? Yeah. The, to, to coin a firefly phrase. Oh, the big damn hero. <laughs> But I would like to see them make a fist. If they're going to go for shock value and they want to, you know, pare down the cast, do it. I know they weren't afraid to kill people last season, but really, honestly, just do it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Surprise me. Bring bring it on. I'm, I'm here for the ride. Even if it's not death, shock me with something. You know, I, I don't um, think they're afraid to do that. No, I don't think so either. I just, I, I wouldn't mind seeing something shocking in every episode. And from what we see in the in the preview, which I don't know if you want to talk about it um, right now or not, but it looks like something very interesting is happening in the first episode. No, I like, yeah, it, it, we've seen that in the, uh, yeah, in the uh, end of the recap. There, uh, the dome gets magnetized and. Uh, and hilarity ensues, like you said. <laughs> well, hilarity, and then also knives. And knives and, and nails. <laughs> oh man, poor Joe. Oh man, that's that that's gonna leave a mark. Ouch, <laughs> that's gonna leave a mark. <laughs> okay, so let funny. us know what you think. Listen, we have a whole bunch of ways to get in touch for for you to get in touch with us. I'm still laughing. Hang in there. Hang in there. We'll we'll, we'll make it. Um. We will be doing, normally be doing this podcast Wednesday night. And so your deadline to get feedback to us, if you want it to be part of, if you want to hear it before the, uh, before we do the, uh, the episode of the podcast for the previous Monday's episode, there are about 83 different ways to do it. Well, something like that. Uh, a you million, can, uh, a trillion. Yeah, something like a jillion. There is, you can use a phone, you know, those little what? things. Yeah, you call up people, you know, it's, it, it, oh. those little things that people hold in their, in their uh, pockets. Wait, wait, wait. They don't just have apps on them. Is it the thing I play Clash of Clans on? Yes, yes. Clash of Clans is, yeah, and, and, uh, oh, you know, all those games on there. Yes. Those numbers? Yeah, there's an app for phone. Look for, look oh. for that. I'm sure it, it might not be on your screen anymore, but 
You can call 304-837-2278, and that is the that's feedback not, line not. for Golden Spiral Media. Now, you'll have to say who you're leaving the feedback for, you know, the Chester's Mill Gazette, one Z, two Ts. Um, you can also, now this is going to be cool, you can go to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback. Now, from there, you can type in text, you can upload an audio file, you can use the SpeakPipe uh, graphic there. You click on the record and you just use your computer's mic and you can record a feedback right there. It's cool. Awesome. I think I might have to do that. Yeah, leave us, yeah, why don't you leave yourself some feedback, yeah. And then there's... Doug, (laughs) you're really funny. We thought that's going to leave a mark comment. Uh, Thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll tweet back there. And speaking of tweeting... Um, I'm on nice segue. S- Thank you. I'm, I'm, I appreciate that. I am at Doug Payton, D-O-U-G-P-A-Y-T-O-N. And I am at Alivaria, which makes absolutely no sense, but it is at A-L-E-V-E-R-I-A. All right. And we will be using the hashtag UTD Gazette, one Z, two Ts, uh, under the Dome Gazette, UTD Gazette. Now, the standard hashtag for the show is hashtag under the dome, all spelled out, so keep an eye on that as well. And you can also become a fan of Golden Spiral Media on Facebook, and that'll be announcements for not just our uh, podcast, but all the other ones that are running under that uh, uh, that umbrella, that dome. I agree. And I honestly say, with with all sincerity, that if there's someone that you want to follow from under the dome that's very entertaining, Dean Norris is it. Yes, he's got he he has a lot of great uh, little uh little uh, things about what's what's going on at the time. Also, uh Mackenzie Lintz is on there and she tweets quite a bit. She tweeted quite a bit during the uh during the uh, recap and I was also following um uh, Ken Vogel as I believe it is uh, who plays Dale Barber. Mike Vogel. Mike Vogel. I knew that. Yeah, I know that name. But I'm Dean Morris is hilarious, and he lives tweets almost every week, and he does he retweets and he responds a lot. Um, everyone else is he, they tweet off and on, but Dean Norris is almost every week, and he's very quick on his feet and funny, and um, I highly recommend it. Um, everyone else, I think, is on Twitter, but I, I just, I really love following him. Uh, Colin Ford is Joe's name. All right, Colin Ford. Thanks for reading this issue of the Chestersville Gazette. We will be back again next week, and uh, we'll be covering the actual first episode of Under the Dome for Season 2. Until then, I'm oh, your co-editor, Doug. And I am, I don't know, freelancer. Freelance, uh, freelance reporter. Freelance reporter and jumble doer, Karen. And we'll see you next week when we go back under the dome. Chester's Mill Gazette is presented by Golden Spiral Media at goldenspiralmedia.com.